Between 1998 and 2002, I was very fortunate to attend Joliet Central High School, and uh, conveniently, this happened to be the last four years of my high school band director's career over at Joliet Central. Uh, Mr. Ted Liga is living history when it comes to band programs. He has met everybody. He has done everything. He has had a, a fantastic career. Uh, this was a great opportunity for, for me and Steve Piter to, to sit down with, with my hero and, and just hear everything that he wanted to talk about. Mr. Liga is not only a wealth of knowledge, but a great storyteller. And the one thing I felt bad about coming out of this podcast was uh, we barely let him have an opportunity to speak. We had so many questions for him. Uh, he would he would finish about half an answer, and we would say, well, wait a second. Can you go back to, to this? So hopefully that's not too jarring for you, but there's going to be a, a, a ton of great information uh, for, for new band directors and for, for people who have been doing it for a long time. There's so much information, in fact, too. We're going to air this one in two parts. Uh, the first part that we are airing is going to be very helpful, I think, to music educators, especially talking about expression in music, uh, stylistic interpretations. Uh, and then the second part of this, if you're a, a big band nerd like Steve and I are, you're really going to love the band history portion. Uh, Ted Liga's dad... Uh, was a, a band leader and went to Joliet Central High School. Ted Liga went to Joliet Central High School and taught there. And there's this insane amount of history uh, that goes along with this. So we hope you enjoy this second episode. You can find us on iTunes by searching The Bandmasters. You can visit soundcloud.com or you can visit thebandmasters.com. This is episode two with Mr. Ted Liga. <laughs> There's, there's this picture of this very stoic-looking Armenian man. Ah. Can, you, can you tell us, this is one of my favorite stories, can you tell us about the, the first time <clears throat> that you saw uh, Dr. Harry Beejan's bands and, and the relationship that kind of formed over that sure. and how that helped you out? Yeah. Well, first I'd like to say I had a number of people influential sure. to me. One first was my father. Uh, next would have been Harry Beejan and my uh, high school uh, uh, director, uh, my clarinet teacher, all those people taught me uh, about uh, expression. My father played with expression, uh, uh, Walter Woolwich played with expression, and uh, Beejan exudes expression. So uh, he came, I want to say, my third year that I was at uh, uh, JT. And the funny part of it is uh, when U of I first start having uh, the uh, marching uh, competitions, uh, that was the first that was around, you know, the first thing of it, that kind. So I, I had taken my, uh, my band, I had about 80 kids total, March 64 and Color Guard and whatnot. And so we were at the first U of I, and Harry Beechin was at the first U of I. That, that, that came before when I uh, sure. saw him in concert. So here's this 
64-piece band and all the rest of the bands were, were marching show style. As a matter of fact, there were at least three or four of them that played tunes from uh, Jesus Christ Superstar. And uh, these were large, you know, beautiful bands, and but the Big Ten style. Yep. And we... We were still marching. We we were marching, uh, uh, Casavant uh, style. Okay. Precision drill. Precision drill. They all were great entertainment bands. Uh, you know, I loved them and somewhat envious a little. But we we were playing classical. You know, I think the first time we played, we played uh, uh, Stravinsky. Uh, and I had something I took from uh, Matisse de Mahler and uh, some other. We, we leave on a short version of the March of the Steelman. So bottom line was uh, uh, we did kind of some formations, but uh, more in block or line formations in that style. Uh, and uh, when we were doing the uh, Firebird, because uh, I had some 5-4, then they had to do an ankle-knee freeze. One step, <laughs> your ankle on the inside of your opposite knee, and paused, you know, boom dee da da paused. <laughs> anyway, and, it, and so that's what I was doing. And um, But I, we were the only ones that I remember that were doing that, the, with the classical kind of stuff. So judges really... Didn't know what to do, <laughs> and they admitted it. They admitted it. We even wrote it on their sheets. Uh, but the, the f three years we went, and after that we just didn't have the money. And then I, I know it needed to go into the core thing, and yeah, we, you know, we really didn't have the the, the wherewithal to uh, to go to that and uh, finance it. And so is is that where you met Bijan for the first time? I met Bijan that first year and. He came up to me. And Dr. Said, Beechin, by the way. Sorry. Yeah, Dr. Beach. I don't Beechin. mean to be disrespectful. You're not. <laughs> and he came up, and I knew who he was, and I had not met him before. I knew his, some of his history in uh, Cast Tech. And, uh, and he came up, and uh, he said, Ted, <laughs> the Joliet Band. He said, he said that's the way. That's the way bands should sound. Because we did play with a marching concert. Sure. Uh, with increased, some increased volume, but that's what we were doing. And it like kind of knocked me back, like, whoa. Uh, it was, uh, we talked a little more, but not much time. Uh, the brass teacher sent me uh, a letter. And he liked uh, the sound of the band. What, what a band. what a cool compliment, though, to have, have yeah, Doctor yeah. Beijing come to you and say this is what this yeah, is all supposed yeah. to be about. Yeah, my uh, time after that was his first uh, concert, and it was now whenever it was, it was it was snowing uh, to beat the band, so to speak. But I'm I got down there, slow going and slower going, coming back. And the audience wasn't overly uh, big, uh, but that sitting there and then hearing his uh, band uh, was, I guess, my mus musical epiphany because I saw myself 
leaning forward the whole time uh, during the concert and hearing that wonderful expression and nuance and feeling and aliveness. And he did what, you know, I would love to do and, and tried to do, and that was take the band somewhere, take them somewhere, and the audience would be with them too. And so that sound that he got, that balance, that beauty, that movement, uh, not just playing fundamentals, but in his own words, uh, expressivity. <laughs> uh, and I saw him backstage, and he was, gee, he was so excited that, that I drove all the way down to him <laughs> and whatever. And, you know, it's like a, I'm kind of chagrined. I really <clears throat> don't know the man, just know about him, and now I love him, and uh, I can't tell him yet. <laughs> but later, later in my, uh, well, very soon after uh, meeting him, and it, it was my band sound uh, changed, and uh, I he he did a number of uh, clinics and different places in Crete, Moni, working with that band, and all state and district all state, and I followed him around wherever he went. I went, and Greg Bim. And I remember, and this is sad to say, but every time there was the meeting for the directors, uh, there were only two people in the bleachers listening to the band. That was Greg Bim and I, because we didn't go. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm watching, still watching what he's doing, and so is Greg. And uh, I, that was a fortune to me to have that. Uh, again, the Joliet band always played wonderfully too, but here was his, this band that played with expression and, and like you would in a good orchestra, you know, and, and that's what I wanted. And, and I heard my father and the sax that was there and my clarinet teacher and, uh, and the civic and, uh, so, uh, well, I know Don and I, you know, in talking about our high school experiences, um, and he as a student of yours, the one of the biggest takeaways that he has told me about in his time under your direction was that you always talked about beauty in music, even from the be beginning uh, stages of working on a piece, that you, you always talked about expression and, and beauty in music. And that was one of the biggest things that he took away from his time with you. So, can can we talk about your time at at Joliet Central? You know, in in the thirty some years you were there, thirty three, sure, four, fourteen times named the the honor band at the Illinois Superstate Festival, numerous other honors. Uh, again, loaded question, but how? What what do you think? What do you think helped you to achieve that level of success and that amount of longevity? Well. Beejan's got a saying for this, too, you know, that everything uh, in what a band sounds like and whatever emanates from its band director and conductor. And uh, and that's uh, a lot to carry, you know, on your... Uh, but but it's uh, it would be true. Uh, even in the symphonies, different conductors make that Chicago Symphony Orchestra sound 
different in one way or another and around the world and Europe and so on so forth. Uh, so uh, the Bijan thing that I've already described, I mean, that was a big part of it. And the one thing I've found during my career was that uh, when you're able to take the students on a musical journey through whatever kind of piece, a uh, chorale or a contemporary or standard, uh, um, it, it puts them into it. They're not just there getting the notes and playing and, okay, you know, how long is this going to last? Um, you, so your bands, at least in my opinion, uh, you know, they, all the recordings that I've listened to, they have incredible technique, um, and incredible expression. So for a new teacher, how would you break that down? What did you, what did you do? Well, uh, I've always been, uh, a believer in sectionals. Big time. Big time. Our rehearsals were from, uh, roughly 11 to 12.20. That's three lunch periods. And I never would allow the period to be moved er earlier <laughs> or after because <clears throat> I wanted that flexibility. And so when we go into sectionals, uh, <clears throat> the uh, woodwinds would be with me for just about 50 minutes, 55 minutes. The brass section um, would be split. Some would be sent up to practice rooms, which are in that uh, back of the band room, or they'd go to lunch. And then lunch bell rings, woodwinds, we keep going, but some of the brass, the other brass come back and they go up to the practice rooms and the ones in the practice rooms go to lunch. And then vice versa too for the woodwinds. What I find in sectionals is how you can dig so deep, so deep, and teach kids how to, to do a phrase, even if it's a secondary, not the melody, do something with the notes to make them move ahead. Because music, you know, moves forward or retreats back. It seldom remains stagnant, just that one thing. And... So I, I kind of would go by what I learned as a clarinetist or, or what, what's inside of me and what I've heard. And, uh, and I'm not, I'd be nitpicky. Uh, detail, uh, just as a word, that's, is what's going to make something great, good, or maybe just fair. Uh, and the detail, there's a lot of it you don't hear when you're just, or maybe it's just me, when you're in front of the whole band, you know, but maybe not. Because, you know, what's that, those two last third, third clients, what are they doing back there? Why? <laughs> or the, someone here, what, you know what I mean. Yeah. And the detail is, it, it is, I never talked much about teamwork with the band ever, but I did call it, oneness oneness and that included me and so that i wrapped my arms around it and and we all became one thing so 
I also did uh, small sectionals uh, for just a period of time uh, after school, like six to eight o'clock flute section. Now this wasn't all the time in all the area it would be uh, where it needed even finer, finer detail. French horn section and uh, whatever. Those two things were a big asset to me. Without them, eh, the band, I, I'm sure they'd work hard and, and still be good. They're, you know, they're always great kids and they were always into it. Um, so that, that's part of it. Uh, with the full band, you know, I always just, uh, I, I just taught or tried to fix whatever I heard. So it wasn't like, okay, kids, a new piece we're going to work, you know, I'm concentrating on the rhythm and get the rhythm. rhythm. A rhythm is number one, by the way. But, uh, or I'm going to just do that. No, whatever I heard, I was at. So if I heard pitch problems in the fl flutes, I was at that. And so... Uh, I would just chase down everything and hopefully get through a lot of stuff. But I wanted the, the students to know that this is what, you know, we really want to have. And you, you want to have it. If you don't know you want to have it now, you will by the time the piece is put together. Because that when, when that, when it's together, those kids, they can hear what everybody's doing. They feel the part, they're listening to the band, they're watching, they just love it. And I think, you know, the regular things that we all need to do and do, the fundamentals, articulation, so important, intonation, uh, balance, uh, you know, it, the basic list goes on and on and you'll have a really fine band if you're addressing those and it's working for you. Uh, but there's thing, uh, another level. There are two on that level is, uh, is the beauty thing that I've <laughs> talked to my kids for, and, and my, uh, Troy kids too. Uh, you know, it's the same thing and, uh, uh, with them just a little longer to do it. Uh, so, that expression, that taking the music somewhere, that vibrance in a band. You know, there's all kinds of bands, and I've heard college bands, uh, you know, uh, some uh, actually at ABA uh, some years back. And uh, I listened to the band, and, uh, you know, it sounds so nice. And I, they play in tune. Articulations, uh, good, uh, you know, it's just a pleasant thing. But uh, music deserves to be something more than pleasant. And so what I took out of that is, uh, you know, to really make the music be what the music was intended to be by the composer. And, uh, and I don't mean everything's got to be schmaltzy or that. No, 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 no. Uh, but even in contemporary things, I want that sound, I want that tone, I want repeated notes that are pushing somewhere to be gradually crescendoing. I, and it's not enough, it, it's not a real crescendo, it's a, uh, it's an expression thing. Uh, 
and retreating the other uh, the other uh, direction too. So everything that I could uh, find and and hear being done somewhere else, and uh, uh, I'd use it. But I wanted I just wanted that music to kind of be felt in in that uh, in our room, and uh, I just went after everything that I could, and and I would acknowledge to the kids and praise uh, the kids uh, when when we got there, and uh, the trombones was, were all balanced and together. And well, and for those people maybe that are, are listening to this and and haven't. Uh, particularly new teachers who haven't heard the bands. I'll, I'll post some. Like, I'll post some YouTube recordings soon and everything. Yeah, just, I, I just want to take the opportunity <laughs> and say, if, if, stop right now if you haven't heard the bands and go online yeah. and find those recordings. When I and, was and the Troy Middle School band too, which I mean, like, how many of you guys did the Super State thing with them and were an honor <clears throat> band and ISU? We I mean, were there. Yeah. Uh, well, the um, Mr. Bill Getz, uh, yeah, doing a great job and uh, and. Uh, Jenny uh, Carlton too at Troy uh, Middle School and uh, Intermediate School and uh, and and I gave it up the last two years that I worked uh, and ended. You, you it. didn't want to go for year fifty in teaching? No, no. That, <laughs> people start talking about you. <laughs> Forty-nine, I think, is a safe number, and, and uh, unfortunately, a bunch of them were. Uh, Part-time, and but I did enjoy that opportunity yeah. at Troy. I, and I told those uh, those people in the audience uh, every time we did the concert, and uh, I was doing the symphonic band, and uh, I I told them how grateful, and I said I've been a lucky guy, you know it, and and they they all kind of laugh and, and clap, and that's how I felt about it, mm-hmm. and because I know I know. Weaknesses. I have weaknesses, and I and I know I have weaknesses, and and uh, something uh, that always kind of haunted me. Each year, I'd seem like I'd make the same mistake by not going after or doing something with the blend that I just did the year before. And <laughs> but that, but that's just uh, you know where where I where I am, and uh, I didn't like it, but. Most of the time, I was able to fix it and uh, get back to get back to the Beijing uh, example. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I was always fascinated by this, and uh, because you came out and, and, and helped me out with the Morris Band um, when I was over there and yeah. worked with them sure, a couple yeah, of great kids. And they were and they were they were a blast. But um, I always loved this. As soon as you got to the Morris High School band room, you would get a score and you would go to my desk and you'd pull out a pencil and just start making notes. And, and this is something that I, I learned uh, an incredible amount from you on, on specifically this. And you were starting to pop clarinet parts down an octave in certain sections. You were doing like little rewrites of things. And, and me being younger at that point, I'm like, well, are we supposed to do this? You know, this isn't what the composer wrote. And I know you just talked about what the composer's intentions doing. You know that realizing their yes. vision a little bit, but they weren't writing for my band, right? You know, yeah. they weren't writing for for maybe somebody else's band. It wasn't a one size fits all, and that was for me just kind of a big change 
you know, that we're yeah. adapting it to this ensemble and not because they're bad players or anything else like that. It's what the music needed. Well, you it, talk to uh, Greg Bim yeah. and ask him how much he redoes some parts yeah. to make it fit the band. Uh, and uh, like he said, uh, uh, there's always something that in the band probably you're going to find that it's a little weaker than it was. Sure. You know, the others and need to be brought as close as so they can. And uh, I do remember, <laughs> what was I playing? I had English horn in Oboa, Praise Jerusalem. Okay. All right. And this thing is, you know, like a 14 minutes long. I don't know what. But Harry Bejan said, here, play this. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to play it. There's not going to be any question. I, I, I liked it. I liked it. I liked it. So anyway, we come to the uh, to the point where two oboes. I had I had two oboes, and they're good. And one played uh, beautiful English horn too. But in this particular spot, I needed them on oboe. So I uh, had previous uh, to performance uh, put the first alto on soprano sax and played it. It was down low. And the comment from, I think it was at U of I, the three uh, judges was, uh, um, beautiful English horn. <laughs> you know, some of that's in our mind. <laughs> sure, you know, yes, and, sir. And, and it did sound like it too. Yeah. You know, so I've used, uh, things like that and, uh. Well, even simple things. And I've, I've yeah. told this story to Steve numerous times, but for me, it was just one of those moments in like, oh my gosh, really? We're doing Manhattan Beach March over at the Morris Band. And it's got this gorgeous melody at the trio with clarinet, and it's clarinet one going and then clarinet two and three is playing and I, I called you up, I'm like, I'm racking my brain. I said, wait, we can't get a clear sound out of clarinet two and three, clarinet one is fine. And do you remember your response? Put the first clarinets on it. Yeah, switch the parts. So it just, it, for me, it was one of those things like, oh. And, and I think maybe a lot of other younger directors have that. Just because this piece yeah. says this. And you don't want to yeah. change it so much. No, no, no. You know, no. You then you should play another it. piece. Uh, <laughs> tell no. me, for example, though, too, like uh, Enigma Variations. Um, <laughs> I think you were telling us before, you changed a couple of parts in, in Nimrod, right? Didn't you take some of the Alfred Reed parts and kind of swap a little bit? Put I did that. at the beginning? I, yeah, even the beginning of... Um, Enigma. Uh, it has uh, just sustained quiet notes with the flutes, you know, in, in the band version, of course. And what I didn't like, uh, where I heard it several times. Uh, first of all, I had wound up with eight recording symphony recordings of, and I listened to that. But I, I I've heard it with uh, college and and others, and it was dry. You know, we understand that. Yeah, it's an orchestral piece with the violins shimmering and all. But my flutes uh, were doing the vibrato thing as uh, they should. And the clarinet section, what I did was add one of the four uh, alto, uh, two alto tenor, two alto tenor berry. One uh, playing vibrato quiet. And then those da rest. Uh, that's what's going on. And then I had him shape that. Da, da, slight rise and the nuance and fade out. 
So a tapered rather than that da da yeah. da da da. da. <laughs> Good march. Sir. But uh, just looked for those things. Sure. And, and I found, you know, more as I got older and, and uh, whatever. And like I said, uh, I wouldn't mind starting over at a high school band. But, oh, well, but only four months, not, not <laughs> uh, 33 years. I was going to say, those recordings, I mean, I, I think they're great. When I was interviewing for um, my current job at Lake Park, the, the two pieces I had to conduct, and you helped me prep for the uh, for the audition part of the interview, yeah. I had to do Nimrod yeah. and then Fantasia and G. And the recordings I went to online were Joliet, uh, and they're fan fantastic. It, you know, nothing's perfect, and, and we all know that in any way, shape, or form, right? And, and the best you can do is get close enough to see it, you know. And, and but but there, I think there's really just something special about what you did. Um, and it's interesting because whenever you talk to people and you bring up Joliet, it's, how's Ted Leigh doing, you know? And I think recently, Steve, you said you talked to Alfred Watkins. And what state is he in? Yeah, Alfred Watkins, uh, formerly of Lasseter High School. I was fortunate. One of, the, one of the first things I got to do when I got the job at Lake Park was uh, put together the adjudication panel for the, the annual marching band contest mm -hmm. we host. And so, you know, I picked all the people that I think are, you know, m mentors to me, whether or not I've, I've met them in the past, but I've looked up to them and what they've done with their bands. And mm -hmm. the night before the contest, I took out the judges for for dinner and alfred watkins was sitting across the table from ken snook just kind of telling stories catching up and i was just you know a fly on the wall listening and one of the first questions out of mr watkins mouth was hey how's ted liga doing do you do you still talk to him and so <laughs> here he is from you know marietta georgia one of his first questions was how's ted liga doing i got to talk to him and he and <clears throat> he's someone i've always been uh, uh thought greatly of and uh, I was at the Quinlan Fabish uh, kind of award thing yeah and uh, I went uh, there because Greg uh, was getting the, uh, the painter painter award yes and uh, and he was there and uh, it was fun to talk to him because you know some are so far away I, you know I never I'd like to bum around with them for <laughs> lack of a better word you know, we we asked this question of Greg Bim in our um, first episode we did with him. Don and I, a lot of the time, will will bounce ideas off of each other or call someone like you or Mr. Snook or Mr. Bim to ask for input. Who who were some of the people, if any, that you you looked to for for resources or for influence? Um, in terms of interpretation, or you were just there was a part that you just felt like you really needed some some help with. Were there people that were a phone call away for you that you could just pick up the phone and say, "Help me with this"? Oh, definitely. Uh, one of the old timers. Well, I'm one of the old timers now. <laughs> but, uh, <clears throat> Ernie Caneva. Okay, and yeah. that's a famous name in uh, Lockport. Band director there forty years and had two sons uh, that are. The college, uh, we're in the college thing. Uh, and he is Italiano, so, and he wrote some, he wrote some music too, and he'd bring it down after he retired, then he, he'd leave, uh, whoever was at Lockport at that time. There was a bunch of changes, so I forget. But anyway, he'd come down to Central, you know, and, uh, listen to my band, and, and uh, 
never criticized, but he he has a thought, you know. But, but the clarinets, can you kind of do this and do that? And uh, I said, yeah. As a matter of fact, Charles Peters, a Joliet grade school band director, he retired. He he come over too, and he, and it was funny. He said uh, at right after rehearsal, he said he said, you want to hear uh, something? I said, yes, please. And uh, he says, uh, you're a clarinet player, right? And right there I knew I was in for it because he's going to talk about the clarinet <laughs> and I play clarinet, but it was all right. You know, you, uh, and, and his, his thoughts too were, were really, uh, really good. And I, and I took him, uh, um, Beechin had been to my school a couple of times. We actually brought him in. There was about a four year span. The three schools were open, Joliet, uh, Central, East, and West. And we'd bring in a guest conductor, and they'd rehearse and stay overnight, and then put on a concert, all kind of like all city band. Sure, but it didn't only existed for a short time uh, each year. And uh, John Painter was the first, and uh, and uh, Harry Beejan uh, was uh, uh, there, and uh, Ken Bloomquist. I think those were the okay. three. So we we kind of you know went by tryout and picked the best we had in each of our bands and made up the one large band. Uh, and uh, that was uh, another time uh, Beejan was there. And, and I, got to, I got to take him to his motel and pick him up and come over in the morning before he's leaving and we sat about four or five hours and uh, uh, but the, the only embarrassing thing was, um, at that time, whatever year that was, somewhere in the 80s, uh, I had a Cadillac. <laughs> but it was, it was like seven years old. Yeah. Okay. So, Beejan gets in, I pick him up. My wife's in the car too, Marcia. And, and he says, well, Ted, things must be pretty good. <laughs> Another one I'm not going <laughs> to. We, we thought, I remember being in high school, and you still had a Cadillac at that point, and we thought it was the coolest thing. We really, you know, it was, uh, yeah. because you were a bit of a, a mystery to us, and it, it was, it was just the coolest thing to get a compliment, you know, and, and, it, and that's not saying that you never gave them out or anything, yeah. but, you know, incredibly high standards, and then, you know, I, I remember a concert messing up on uh, Sursum Corda, this trumpet section, uh, trumpet solo. Mm. And then you came to me after, and I was visibly upset. And you came to me afterwards, and you said, "You know, even if you can sound good and make a few mistakes, that's a good thing." And and it was yeah. just a really cool feeling. And then he gets into his Cadillac with his. <laughs> I don't. We never saw you eat either. I think it was coffee or diet coke all the time. <laughs> yeah. <you know>, so. <laughs> can I ask you, Mr. Liga, about? Um, you know, when you retired from Joliet Central and moved over to Troy, sure. uh, there are one of the first things Don told me when when he was introducing me to the sounds of your band. When I, you know, Don and I are buddies from college, and, right. and, and he was talking to me about the you know the Joliet bands and playing some recordings. And he said, "Now I want to play for you. Uh, this is something from Lincolnshire Posey." And he played it for me. He said, "Yeah, that's the Troy Middle School band." <laughs> I went, "Oh my god, that's a middle school!" So. What um, what if any do you feel are some of the, the the biggest differences in teaching high school versus teaching middle school? Yeah, well, there are a number of, of uh, fine fine uh, uh, middle school 
teachers out there with really good bands. You know, I, I saw them in a couple places, uh, uh, U of I, uh, predominantly. And they have some warm, wonderful sounds of a bunch of them I know are up north and, and Chip DeStefano and, uh, and, uh, Bill Getz and, uh, um, but I, I, to me it was kind of like, you know, this is going to be fun. I'm going to see if it's possible for a uh, junior high uh, student, middle school, to play with expression. <laughs> I'm talking about the whole thing, you know. Sure. So, uh, and I, I pretty much thought, yeah, you know, it, it's, it'd be a little bit less in some ways. And, and, and it is, uh, but not, it was, it was there. And so I went after the, uh, flutes and, uh, and put them into a vibrato. And I just used a simple method to teach, uh, vibrato. Puffs of air. And, uh, the saxes, uh, I wanted them to play, uh, vibrato. And uh, taught him how to do that lightly, and had uh, some good baritones uh, in, in appropriate places, and uh, some of them most of the time. Uh, I had no compunction of not using vibrato, other than never French horns and uh, uh, rarely tuba. But I actually, when I did a uh, couple things, I did put two tubas and baritones, they had the opening, it might have been uh, second suite or something, and they were both playing. Vibrato, just like uh, an orchestra would play with <laughs> a bass. And, uh, so uh, it can't be gaudy, it's got to fit in, but it does add vitality, it, and again, does add uh, beauty, so I, I want them to learn it. But there are those that uh, don't believe in it, and some even in their high school, and and, uh, you know, it's okay. It's okay. You, they want a, just a pure, clear, whatever sound. Uh, so, uh, but the Troy thing, yeah, the, I picked music. Uh, some of it was, you know, easier versions uh, of... Um, Standard repertoire. Yeah. Because wasn't Link, I mean Lincolnshire Posey? That was the Johnny Vinson. That was yeah, and but, I, but still a fantastic. Yeah, it had it had it all had all the essence of it, and it had the length of it, and it still had the challenge of it. Uh, uh, so uh, yeah, I, I liked that. I did some other uh, Granger things too, and uh, yeah, it was fun, and I liked. Uh, Kelly, mm -hmm. uh, some of his stuff too. Um, so, but I tried to do the same thing I do with the high school, take them somewhere. I want their eyes to light up. I want them to feel what it really is coming from being in that one ensemble. And they were uh, good about that too. I, I remember my high school kids coming from uh, uh, down the ramp to get their picture taken from U of I and uh, and I'm looking at the girls and they file out first and and they all got tears and they're crying I said, what's the matter what's the matter oh it's nothing, it's nothing they were just overwhelmed 
and I saw some teary-eyed boys too. And it wasn't just that performance, it was the work they did, the goals that were set, and all that effort that put in, and then to feel the piece in that hall and that, it just, it made it a, a they were very emotional. And uh, then, then they were goofing off when we took the <laughs> Which is all right. They can do whatever they want out there. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, there's no genius in, in, in me. It's just some passion and uh, another Bijan I'll leave you with for directors. Insistent, consistent, and persistent. And um, so I, my band's got a dose of that too, including the, including the middle school band. And they should, they nodded their head yes. So okay, I guess they got it. <laughs> well, I, I was at your last concert at Troy, and I mean the, the groups oh, yeah. just sounded incredible. And and I mean you could tell, you know, I was telling you about it. I mean you were just absolutely adored by those kids. That was our absolutely. Uh, that was our concert band, our second band. Yeah. Yeah. Can I ask, for for young teachers, new teachers, are, are there are there other specific pieces of advice, general general thoughts that you would leave them with as they're starting uh, their careers, things things to just keep in mind as you're getting started if you want to achieve success in the in the classroom in the band world. Yeah, well, I never was big on yelling. I did raise my voice a couple of times. It's rare, but yeah. And I, I, I can attest to that too. I think in four years, maybe twice. Yeah. Maybe I mean seriously, it was yeah. you know it the, I didn't want to do it. I, yeah. I and the it. level that you're talking now is about the level that you spoke when you were um, yeah. rehearsing with us. Well I, you know, we're all in it uh because we like it, love it, whatever stage you want to put. Most of us love it and uh, love the kids. And uh, I don't know, it's, you, uh, I think one of the things musically to be successful is, uh, you know, you need to have all the concepts in your mind on, and all the, uh, fundamentals and what rides above the fundamentals uh which is expression nuance all the rest of that uh, that's 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 probably another 25 percent mm -hmm. uh, so and you know you you uh, go hear other bands in a similar category but don't just listen to them uh, Listen in and uh, dig in. Hear what their horns are are doing, or or what the balance is. You know, do you hear the balance like it should be on the score? And uh, when it, I'm sorry to interrupt you. When, when, it, when it comes to your presence on the podium, you know, you mentioned first that you're you're not a big yeller. Do you think that that's a um, is that a cultural shift over the last generation or two that conductors rehearsed a lot that way um you know maybe 
coming out of a tradition of military bands and has evolved over time. Do you think part of the reason that your students responded so well to you was because you were so respectful of them from the podium? Well, I I don't think my predecessors did that. Um, now, Bruce Hausnick, uh, he did speak once in German loud <laughs> to the trombone section. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what he said, but it... Uh, it wasn't, I love you. Yeah, but the point, the <laughs> no, point no, was no, taken. No, 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 no. Uh, but uh, Bruce Hosnick, he, he was not he was not a yelling uh, person, you know. He, uh, and McAllister, he would, he always, his smile would still look like a stern face. But I don't think, my father never said mention that or my friend Automate that that he he did that you know other, other than yelling at a kid on the parade way in the front you hey, come on you uh, no it because you know there's a humbling uh, uh, thing about doing what we're doing and uh, because as good as we can feel and got the thing going whatever and then we record it just to see where we're at. It's like, what? <laughs> what? I, I think from a, a student standpoint, though, and, and I'll kind of answer this a little bit. I mean, being in the band four years with you, like we just, we believed you. We believed everything that came out of your mouth, and we believed that that would bring us to the next level. You know, and, and, I think that happens, you know, to all band directors. When they've yeah. been in a place a while... And the community knows them, the next kid's in, their brother, sister, or the neighbor, you know, oh, you're going to love uh, uh, someone. And and that kind of happened in sure. uh, Joliet. As a matter of fact, it pushes it, makes it even more work, which was good, because I had time to do more work. <laughs> but, well, and, and that tradition is so big there. I mean, that was, yeah, yeah. and I, I loved my high school years, and, and I'll say, kind of piggybacking what you said at the beginning, I mean, to me, I'll, I'll get all sentimental here, but to me, as I've talked to Steve about before, I've won this band director lottery. I've had these these fantastic directors from junior high through, uh, from, through college, yeah, but totally. I just remember walking into that Joliet band room. I, I loved high school, but the band room felt like it was this whole other world yeah it really did and and, and it was all. i mean it, it was and then you look i know you'll joke about there's these pictures in the back of the room yeah. and and i think at one point you called them two cops and a waiter you know there was there's uh mr McAllister, mr Hausnick, and then you back there and there's these giant pictures of of the tradition and at that point of course when you were teaching there it was just Hausnick and, and McAllister. Right. but it really was a, a special place and and for my friends and i like even when we talk about it now it always goes back to the band and, and, and how we felt being in there. And, and really, like this sounds dramatic, but for me, that was the start of the best times in my life. It meant so much in the community. I, I'll, I'll tell you one, uh, one more thing. That from uh, World War I up to Vietnam, the uh, high school uh, band kids played for draftees. The train station, and the, uh, the Minutemen they were called, right? Man, uh, we some we knew ahead of time. Okay, you know when they were going to be at the tra uh, train station, 
the inductees, and some were, uh, you know, people that, guys that just went in. And during the war, yeah, when they're, uh, they would go to all the servicemen as they're leaving and they'd play, you know, kind of pop stuff of the day in, in the, uh, and the train station. I liked it because it echoes so much. Yeah. <laughs> as a kid. And then we went on the platform and played, uh, started on the trio, the Stars and Stripes. And it meant a lot. There was a lot of articles written in the paper and from parents who were there, you know, seeing off. Uh, but during the wars, there were troop trains and so on coming through. And, uh, when a troop train was coming through Joliet, um, there was uh, two, three rings of the bell in the school. One, two, three, and then one, two, three. And that was the band bell to tear down to the band room, get your instrument, and get down to the uh, train station, which was a few blocks away. Sure. So it, it, that was a, a special thing, too, for the community, for that to happen, and... Uh, so on. Well, I mean, as we close out here, you've had this this incredible career, and um, you know, I'll get all sentimental here and just, I mean, say thank you absolutely for. Okay, Tommy Doyce. I know, I know, <laughs> but 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 seriously, um, it's it is one of those things where it's very cool to to sit here with, you know, the the guy that for me at least helped make it all happen. I don't know what all happening is yet, but you know, so I I, I really want to thank you um, for that. Um, 49 years teaching. You've had all these incredible honors, John Painter Lifetime Achievement Award, Honorary Doctorate. But what's next? What's next? You've got a couple dogs now. I always yeah. wanted to <laughs> sell Oldsmobiles. My dad did that one year. You know, you can't do it anymore unless you got a used car lot. And not even that would be tough. Where can we see the Teddy Lee Orchestra? Oh, come out New Year's Eve at uh, Willowbrook Ballroom. It's the best... New Year's Eve anywhere, it, it's what it's supposed to be. Not just a bunch of people with a, a drink in their hand sitting still, you know. It's a, <laughs> they're dancers, and there's some that just come to catch it all. Sure. So we have six, seven, eight hundred in Willow Springs, Willowbrook Bar. Well, I want to say thank you, too. Uh, you know, this is... This is a really cool experience for, for myself and for Don and uh, being able to sit down with some of the people that we respect the most in this profession who have influenced us and continue to influence us uh, is a real is a real special treat. So, you know, thanks for everything that you've done. Thanks for being a great example and mentor and, you know, continuing to be a resource for, for us and for teachers all over all over the place. Well, you guys, you, you two are doing great stuff already and I know it's just... It's just going to grow, 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 because that's... Oh, stop. Keep yeah, I was just fishing for a keep compliment. Going, yeah, going. good. Thank you. <laughs> no, no, no. We appreciate it, and thank you for your time here today. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>